Life Audio. Coming up on this episode of Encouragement for You, part two of an interview on cancer with Dr. Walt Larimore. Then Steve Saint, author of The End of the Spear, shares stories from the mission field. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome to part two of an intriguing previously recorded interview with physician and author Dr. Walt Lorimore. If you haven't heard part one yet, you may want to go back and listen to last week's episode before you listen to this one. Now, here's your host, Don Hawkins. I'm Don Hawkins. Today's program features part two of a timely discussion on the topic of cancer. It's a disease that affects one family in four and causes a great deal of fear, pain, and adversity. Let's get right into our conversation with Dr. Walt Laramore. We'll go to Oklahoma City where uh, Joanne is listening over Bot Radio. Good evening, Joanne. How are you today? Just fine. Thanks for calling. In 1999, I had breast cancer, and I took Timocathin for four years. And then one morning I got up and I could hardly walk. So I went to my oncologist. I told him I was not taking any more tamoxifen. And I went to all the supplements and vitamins and exercise, and I had an excellent oncologist. I have done wonderful. I turned it over to Jesus. I am very, very stable, and my health has never been better. Well, we thank the Lord for that good report Uh, Dr. Walt Laramore, I believe there was some recent research released on tamoxifen, which uh, at one time was an investigational treatment and has now become more of a mainstream treatment. But I've heard stories like Joanne's on many occasions of uh, the value of diet, exercise, using the right kinds of supplements. The side effects of tamoxifen was unbelievable. Yeah. And I just made up my mind. Joanne, it's one of those medications that both can be used in the recovery from cancer and also in the prevention of cancer. And it's now been shown that uh, about five years of tamoxifen 
is really all that most people need. Its effect goes on far after you stop it. And so to finish it at four years, five years, is now a fairly common thing among oncologists. But what's even more important than, or at least as important, as the standard therapies for cancer are what we call the secondary preventions. So, Don, for any of our listeners, whether they've had prostate cancer or breast cancer or colon cancer, or skin cancer, or what have you, once you have that initial cancer treated, and if you're blessed to have it go into remission or have it uh, uh, be cured, the, the next question is, what do I do now to prevent either a recurrence of that cancer or other cancers? Because we know that one of the biggest risks for cancer is having had one in the past. Hmm. And so when it comes to secondary cancer prevention, there's a number of things that can't be beat. Number one, no exposure to tobacco products. Yes. If, if, either stop them if you're using them or stay away from them if, you, if you're around other people who do. Number two, try to normalize your body weight. We know that being overweight and being obese is associated with a great number of cancers and cancer recurrence. So normalize your body weight. We know that nutrition and exercise help with cancer prevention and, and, and preventing recurrent cancer. And so just with those four things, stopping smoking, exercise, diet, and normalizing weight, the prevention of secondary cancers, done can be reduced 70 Eighty percent. Wow! And this is stuff that all of us ought to be doing anyway. Hmm. But it's a good reminder and a good encouragement for us to be not only more highly healthy ourselves, but to have more highly healthy families. Very, yeah, very important insights. Walt, would you lead us in prayer on behalf of Joanne and her continued health? I will, Father. You in Scripture tell us to be stewards of our time, stewards of our talent, and stewards of our treasure. Paul also teaches us that we are to be stewards of the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, use tonight's program to encourage us, to convict us, to, to enable us to be good stewards of the temple of the Holy Spirit, to exercise as we should. But what an opportunity that can be to spend time with family and friends and even pre-believers to eat the right nutrition. You've designed us divinely to respond to proper nutrition. Father, guide us in that. And then last but not least, to have that rest that we need. Not only physical rest, vacations, proper sleep at night, but that rest that comes from resting in you, being filled with your spirit that we might experience your love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Thank you, Father, that these things are available to us and possible to us through the blood of your Son, Jesus. Hmm. And in his name, we thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for calling us tonight, Joanne. Great to hear from you. Paul is listening tonight in southern Mississippi near New Orleans over, uh, I believe, over AFR Radio. Good evening, Paul. Well, hello, Don uh, and Walt. I just uh, happened to hear your show coming from Jackson, Mississippi, headed towards the Louisiana line. Yes, sir. Take a different angle with you. My daughter and I just returned from New York, and we were on the NBC Today show with Father Daughter Breast Cancer. Mm. 
now Dr. Nancy Schneiderman and uh, Matt and Meredith up there on NBC interviewed us. And it's quite an interesting story that I'd like to talk to Walt about. The angle of the story on NBC today, Sean, sure, we're just getting emails and calls every day from all over the country and more shows in Washington about uh, especially faith-based of what my, my daughter and I did. And I just want to tell you that my, my wife, my daughter's uh, mother, died of ovarian cancer 25 years ago. Hmm. And my daughter, who is 42 years old, was diagnosed with breast cancer two years ago, had a double mastectomy, and had, of course, uh, the chemo treatment because it was in her lymph nodes. She had the same problem, let me just tell you, with the moxifen and chose to get off of that, and she didn't take it but about a year, and she just couldn't take for the side effects. Now, uh, in May, I was diagnosed as a man with breast cancer. And they tell me that men die of breast cancer because they don't get it checked. Well, and uh, I was very fortunate that, that, I, that I found that I'm a tennis player and it got irritated. And they still thought it was benign. But when I went in for the biopsy, the doctor said, well, most of these are benign, but yours looks real bad. And let me tell you, waiting three days to find out from the lab that was sent off to Memphis or Birmingham is pretty trying, but we got on prayer list because we have a radio show that goes statewide in Mississippi and part of Alabama, an outdoor format. Got on those prayer lists, and we prayed, and I'm going to tell you something about the power of prayer. When that doctor came back and saw that, he said, and don't, you may understand this, and you too, Don, but the doctor said there's something unusual here. My family came in from Birmingham. By the way, I have two boys over there. One played at the University of Alabama, the other played at Ole Miss, and they live in Birmingham. Huh. But they came in. And, it, you know, the doctor had a different look on his face. He said, well, you know what? This is very unusual, and I've got to send it off for a second opinion, but your your tumor is necrotic. Uh, the blood supply has been cut off, and, and mm. we call that necrotic. I said, I call it divine intervention. Yeah. And he said, what? And I said, yes, divine. I said, oh, no, we got to go through all these scans and tests, and you got to go to the oncologist, which we did, and I did. I, I knew that I was healed by God. They validated but, what God had done in your life, right, Paul? Yeah, yeah and the lymph, lymph nodes were clear. They took the breast off. Then when we got on NBC last Thursday on the Today Show, Dr. Nancy got on this necrotic thing, and I told her divine intervention. Uh, some people don't believe in those miracles, but you and I both believe that there are times when God just supernaturally intervenes. Well, there's no question about it, Don, and uh, physicians see this, uh, and it's a wonderful thing. Paul brings up two superb points that are very important to mention whenever we talk about a cancer such as breast cancer, and that is that so many people mistakenly think of that as a female disease. And although the vast majority of breast folks who have breast cancer are females, males do get breast cancer. And so for any of our listeners to be as wise as Paul was, that if you notice a nodule in your breast, and if that nodule does not go away or if it's growing, to have that looked at, it's very important. I've been in practice for 25 years. I've had two male patients with breast cancer. Both were cured because of early diagnosis. And the second thing that, that Paul and his daughter Carla uh, found uh, was that there is genetic testing available to see if, for, for anyone who has breast cancer, particularly forms, particular forms of breast cancer, if other people in the family are at higher risk. And so these genetic tests are called BRCA tests are available and can be uh, done. The wonderful thing that Paul and his daughter Carla found was that Carla's genetic test 
was negative, at least if I remember the NBC report correctly. But that still doesn't mean Carla's not at risk because 60% of women who come down with breast cancer don't have a risk because being a woman is a risk. And so even though Carla may not have a genetic form of breast cancer, she still needs to, as do all of our female listeners, go through those early prevention tests. And right now the best we have is that mammogram. Yeah, very important. Uh, get that mam- mammogram. Get that, uh, we mentioned earlier, the colonoscopy. Paul, uh, what a powerful testimony. Let me pray for you, my brother. Father, tonight we just want to thank you so much for what you've done in Paul's life and the testimony that he has been, the encouragement that he's been to many tonight and also to many others on uh, the Today Show. And I pray that you'd continue to use him even in his radio outlet there in Mississippi and Alabama. And I pray, Father, that uh, he would continue, as well as his daughter, to experience your hand of blessing and your strength and health for them. We just commit them to you with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back with more right after this. Steve Saint, author of The End of the Spear and host Don Hawkins, share moving stories of the mission field. Uh, Steve, one of the questions uh, that comes to mind uh, as people think about the uh, tribal peoples like the Wadani, uh, do uh, these people really understand the Christian faith? Do they really understand the gospel and, and, and everything that's involved? Uh, you have uh, perhaps a way to, sh- to illustrate that for us. You know, Don, when uh, I was just a teenager, um, I had a good friend amongst the Waurani. His name was Tonya. Tonya was actually kidnapped from the Downriver people, the Edomenani, and uh, so he grew up with the Edomenani, the upriver section of the uh, Waurani tribe. But uh, as Tonya grew up, the only thing that he was really living for was to get strong enough and old enough and and uh, skillful enough that he could kill the people that had killed his family and had kidnapped him as a little boy. But then uh, he came to know Wangungi and became a God follower. And uh, shortly after that, just about the time I was coming to college, he got married. He and his wife, Wato, had two children. And then one day, Tonya got up in the little church service. There was just a little thatched hut that they used for what they call Wangungi Onko. And... Uh, God's house, and he got up and he said that the night before he had had a dream, and in that dream, God appeared to him and said, Tonya, why are you living easy and happy, and your own family is still living in the old ways, hating and killing? And he said, uh, Wangungi, the, the creator, God, told him that he needed to go downriver and find his own family and teach them God's carvings that he had learned that had changed his life. But when he said that, the people just gasped there in, in the little church in Doña Pari, and they said, Tonya, if you go down and uh, try to reach your old family, they'll just separate your spirit from your body. They'll kill you. And Tonya said, um, but God told me to do it. And then he said, and he told me that he was going to tell one of you to go with me. Hmm. Well, then everybody was really worried. Finally, 
old Dewey, one of the men that killed Dad, and uh, just a, a really, really dear man. Um, in fact, one of my grandsons is named for Dewey. He finally stood up and he said, it's true. I had a dream, hmm. too, and God told me I should go. Well, they didn't find the family that first time when both of them went, but later Aunt Rachel got an oil company helicopter to take Tonya, and they dropped him off at a nearby river where they had seen a clearing. He found the clearing, and it was his family, and he started living there with them. And at first they accepted him fairly well, but then they wanted him to take another wife from their group and I'm sure what they were wanting is for Tonya to show them the way back up to where his upriver family was so that they could kill them mm. to avenge some old killings. At any rate, yeah. Tonya finally called Aunt Rachel by well, and the other Waurani believers in um, Tiwano, the village where he had been living, and he said, uh, I think they're going to spear me. Well, the people immediately said, Tonya, tonight, when everybody's asleep, you flee. And they told him which river to flee to. And they said, we will either get the oil company helicopter to go get you, or we will go and find you so that you can live. And Tonya, who is just, oh, he must have been maybe 20. Hmm. His answer to them was, he said, God, having sent me here, I need to speak to him and speaking to him. If he sees it well, then I'll flee. Hmm. But if he sees it well, I'll stay. Wow. And uh, the next day he called on his two-way radio that Aunt Rachel had sent with him, and he said that after speaking to Wang Ungi, he had told him that it, it was important for him to stay. And then they said, but Tonya, they'll just spear you. And he said, well, then God will send you. And uh, mm. that was the last we ever heard from Tonya. They did spear him. Yeah. You know, John 15, verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Wow. Of course, Jesus was the ultimate example of that. But I have a picture, the first drawing that I ever saw any Waurani make. It's a a very crude drawing of Daniel in the lion's den made by Tonya that Aunt Rachel Mm. gave to me when I was in college. And I have it framed over my desk Mm. to remind me that You know, it doesn't matter where you come from in life. Everybody understands a gift, and everybody understands that the ultimate gift really is that somebody would lay down their life for us. Mm -hmm. That really is the story of Easter. It's that, well, you know, Narnia, I think, put it very well. And uh, Aslan said when he came back to life, and uh, Susan and who else is that, that couldn't believe that Aslan had come back to life. And Aslan says there's a, there's a, magic deeper than the witch understood that when a right. an innocent willing victim dies in a traitor's stead then death begins to work backwards yeah that i remember that c.s lewis line just a powerful line there in the chronicles of narnia and again a great allegory of the death of jesus christ who was the ultimate lamb of god as well as the lion of the tribe of judah and what a paradox that is i've been studying and teaching the book of revelation steve and and it's such a paradoxical thing because you deal uh, in that book with the wrath of the little lamb and the diminutive term is used it's not the wrath of the lamb it's the wrath of the little lamb and and that's going to happen in the future because he took the wrath that we deserved he paid the price for our sins and uh, somehow it seems like if ever there were a time of the year 
that we ought to be motivated to get the gospel to the peoples of the earth, including uh, these indigenous tribal peoples, whether in South America or Indonesia or Africa. Uh, this would be the time. And, and yet, Steve, there are people saying that, uh, that in reality, we don't need to be sharing the gospel. We need to just accept these people and let them accept whatever religion or lack of religion they have. Uh, I, I know that must uh, grate against uh, your spirit. Well, Don, I see. I hear people saying too that when there are epidemics and other diseases amongst people like the Waurani, there are people advocating that they shouldn't be given medicine; that it should be allowed to run its course. Mm. And even the government wouldn't let people go in and uh, try to treat the people that were suffering and dying. You know, I think that's probably the ultimate arrogance. Is either when people go in and impose their views on other people and try to make them believe it, that, that doesn't work. But neither is it appropriate that people try to make zoos out of um, mm. tribal peoples and force them to stay as they have been. I think the really the respectful way, and I think, well, Jesus portrayed this. Mm. He never forced his views on anybody, mm. but he made it freely available. You know, Paul, way back when he was dealing with the Corinthians, he had promised that he would go back to visit them. You can find this at the end of the first chapter in Second Corinthians. But he didn't keep his promise, and they were upset with him. So in his second letter to the Corinthian church, he wrote them and explained. He said, I did, I did say that I would come back, and I intended to keep my word, but I didn't come back not for my good, but for your good, so that mm. my faith wouldn't lord it over your faith, but so that your faith would become strong and steady. Mm. I think he was he was acknowledging something that is extremely critical there, that it is not appropriate for any believer to dominate another believer's faith. Yeah. The whole purpose of parenting is for parents to raise children who will grow up and become net givers, and uh, in the family, at least, you know, as we get older, we start depending more and more on our children. That's a natural cycle. Hmm. Um, I think of another verse along that same uh, in that same uh, topic. This is in First uh, Peter five three, where it's talking about shepherds and uh, hmm. deacons in the church, and it says, "You who are shepherds, shepherd the flock of God amongst you." not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain. And then in verse 3 of chapter 5 in First Peter, it says, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples. It's really clear there, I think, that if we're put in a position of authority, it isn't so that we can dominate those under our charge, it's so that we can serve them, and down in verse 6 of First Peter 5, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Hmm. This is something that we North Americans have not done well. We have dominated people. We have, uh, we have imposed not our spiritual values, but our cultural values, which are mixed up in our spiritual values. And uh, in that, I think that we have wounded lots of people. But... Uh, I think we can do better. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Now in his shows, he would say, that Pat Boone, he's so religious. I shook hands with that boy the other day. My whole right side sobered up. <laughs> and, and I would repeat that in my act, and I said, you know, it did. And then I'd go ahead and sing my song. Pat Boone shares some of his incredible life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.